Lions, Bengals, and Bears, none of my guys scared. Chase rumbling, any one of them guys there. Wayne Young and he hungry, I pray we patient with him. I pray he leave with some money, I pray he leave with his health. Yeah, uh, the physical and mental. The thing I like about football is that stats kill opinions. This rap shit, I lick the niggas, I ain't about to knock it. This whole summer I was buying all the winter product. And I tried being peaceful, but my peace was getting bothered. So no doubt we got them Eagles, we go Carson Wentz, Stefani. Okay, 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 okay. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 181 of Electrified. I'm your host, Eric Lyons. Happy Thursday, ladies and gentlemen. Happy NFL schedule release day. The time has come. It makes me sad, though, because to me, everything has to be a spectacle in the NFL. The draft has become a spectacle. NFL kickoff has become a spectacle and and in recent years the NFL schedule release is now a spectacle there's no reason that the NFL schedule release has to be an eight o'clock primetime show on a Thursday night they could have released the schedule at 12 p.m. on a Monday bro nobody would it would have made a difference we would have still been as excited I'm just saying why do we have to wait all the way to 8 p.m. On a Thursday night when NBA basketball is on. Bro, I'm not tuning into NFL Network. I'll see it on Twitter. I gotta watch the Heat and the 76ers. Are you dumb? You stupid? Pick one. Like, come on. I'm just saying. No disrespect to NFL Network. I understand you guys got a job to do over there. You gotta put together content. You gotta make money. You got bills to pay. You gotta keep the lights on. One day I hope I'm with you guys. I have I have aspirations of being with you guys before I'm 30. So, hey, keep an eye out for me. But I'm just saying, man, can, can we just tone it down just a little bit with all of the over-exaggerating of the, uh, the hype train that is the NFL schedule release day. But I'm excited. You guys got me. You do. You got me. Hell, I might even be watching it on my Mac while I watch the games because I'm just that excited. Even Even with all the leaks and the leaks to me, feel like when songs get leaked off an album, it's like, eh, do I really know if this song's going to be on here? I don't listen to it. I never listen to leaks. So, who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we got some basketball to talk about today. We got two games tonight, two games sixes tonight. Who's going to survive? Um, what the hell happened to the Warriors last night? Is baseball dead? I think baseball is dead. I can't wait to talk about that. Uh, and fans, have they lost their absolute minds? I've, uh, this past month, I feel like every other week there's been an incident with a fan. And I haven't talked about it in its totality yet, so we're going to talk about that today. And finally, we're going to wrap this episode up with uh, a Charlo, the Charlo versus Castaño 2 preview. Honestly, I might push that up higher because that's a little important. So, yeah, we'll, we'll push that up higher. We'll push it up higher. I think I think that's a good segment to have in the middle of the show. I don't I don't want to put that at the end of the show. So, after we talk about boxing, I mean, excuse me. After we talk about um basketball, we'll talk about the fight. All right, that's cool with everybody. 
Okay, it should be. Uh, I mean, it was a rhetorical question. I mean, damn, if you were cool with it or not. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. All right. Let's start off with what we got going on tonight. We got two game sixes. We got two teams whose backs are against the wall. And the question that I'm asking is, who has the better chance of surviving? Both got blown out on the road in game five. The Mavs, they got beat on. They were in the game at at some point at the beginning, but they fell apart. Now, the 76ers did not look good at all in Miami. And the Heat came out shooting. Max Struess came out guns blazing. And they didn't have Kyle Lowry. And they still gave Vincent held down the fort. I say they let him coast into the next series. Because I don't think Lowry is fully healthy yet. And I don't want him to become a liability to this team that has a very strong chance of coming out the East. The Heat looked great. Embiid got popped in the face with the ball. And, and Embiid has a lot going on, man. He has a lot going on. I think not winning that MVP and, and even getting you know and the votes to make it close, because it wasn't close, I think that's been wearing on him mentally. I think that Doc Rivers addressing that publicly has been, you know, uh, accounts to that as well. I think that's a part of it. I feel like some of this stuff, well, the media, they're going to ask questions about your feelings and how, especially when a lot of people thought that Joel Embiid could win the MVP, but I thought Nicole Diokish had a better year for him to go back-to-back made sense, but I could see where the argument maybe could be made for Joel Embiid. So the media is going to ask you questions. Your coach is going to ask, uh, answer them. You're going to have to answer them. And you're in the middle of a playoff series where you're down 3-2. Things are going to weigh on you. I think the injury is, is weighing on him. I think it's hindering the way he wants to play in this series. And to get hit in the face with the ball like that and, and you know, have to keep pushing through. I respect him for that because, you know, there are some guys in this league that wouldn't. I mean, look what happened with Giannis last night. He's bleeding from his eye. He's still balling. These guys are very tough, man. Very tough. Very tough. Basketball is a contact sport if you didn't know that. So, but I think that Joel is dealing with too much. And it's just too much of a load to carry, especially when James Harden is as inconsistent as he has been. You know, game four was great for him, but that was the best game he had. I don't think that Harden has been consistent enough for me to look at this team and say, okay, they can force a game seven and nine. Granted, neither of these teams have won on the road. The The momentum has been swinging back and forth, back and forth. And I don't think it swings anymore. I said going into game five, I was talking to my guy, uh, Taiwan. We were talking on the phone when I got off of work the other day before game five. Uh, It was Tuesday. And I was like, whether it was Miami or Philly, I said whoever won Tuesday night, they were going to go in to close it out Thursday. I I don't think that either of these teams... We're going to force a game seven. I think that if Miami lost Tuesday, they were going to lose tonight. And I think that 
with Philly losing Tuesday, I think that Miami goes on the road tonight in Philly and closes the show. Jimmy Butler, man, has been on fire. Jimmy's been on fire. Oladipo minute, Oladipo's minutes have been increasing, and he's been having a hell of a, hell of a series, hell of a coming out party for Miami. It's been fun watching him, and um, you know Tyler Hero's been playing well. Bam's been, been playing better, so I think Miami they're on their way back to the Eastern Conference Finals uh, for the second time in three years. So yeah, now on the other hand. Mavs and the Suns. Mavs and the Suns. Mavs and the Suns. This has been an interesting and entertaining series. It's been a lot going on in this series. We had a scuffle at the end of the game of game six. I'm mean, excuse me, of game five. We had guys running into the locker room after each other. That's going on. You got this this rivalry going on between Deep uh Devin Booker and uh Luca. They're going back and forth. You got the flop-off between Luka and CP3. And it just seems like whenever I, I look up, even if the Mavs are losing, somehow Luka has 40. And the momentum in this series is also swinging back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Neither of these teams have won on the road as well. The Mavs have done a good job winning at home. It seems like the rest of their team, you know, your role players are stepping up at home, of course. I think the Mavs have a better chance of surviving. I feel like they have more fight left in them. I feel like they have more fight left in them. I feel like this Mavs team... I know with everything that happens, Luka feels slight. Luka sees the jokes. He hears, you know, the, the, the Devin Booker taking the ball from all of that. It all It's all a, I take this personal type of moment. And I think that trickles down to the rest of the Mavs. And they just want to hoop. They hoop better at home. But in order for them to win this series, in order for anybody to win this series, they're going to have to win on the road. I think the Mavs take game six tonight. I think this game goes to game seven. Who wins game seven? I have no clue. Game seven is a different ball game. I don't think game seven matters if you're at home, away, on the moon, on Mars, in your basement. I don't think game seven matters. I think game seven is a matter of who wants it more. Doesn't matter what the crowd is doing. Doesn't matter where you're at. Game seven doesn't matter who wants it more. And I do hate the Suns. I hate Chris Paul. I hate Devin Booker. I hate Jay Crowder. But I and I don't like Suns fans either. But I can say that this is a very good basketball team in the Suns, and they could very well close the show tonight. But they haven't shown me they can win on the road in this series, and. With, I just, you can't, I've never counted Luke out, man. I'm, I can't. I can't count Luke out. Never. Luke, he wants that get back, man. He wants that get back. So I think the Mavs have a better chance of surviving, surviving tonight's game six elimination game. And I think they will. I'll be watching, though. It's going to be a good game. Let's go, let's go Mavs. Let's go Luke in there. Let's go. Now. I don't want to be this guy. But I have to ask this question. About six years ago, there was a uh, there was a movie. It was called 3-1. Uh, it came out in June. Starred um, Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Um, Steve Kerr was in it. 
Um, Iggy was in it. Um, this guy started in this movie. It was called 3-1. And in the movie, they were winning 3-1 to in a series, in a basketball series. And they let the Cleveland Cavaliers come back. Um, James LeBron James co-starred, Kyrie Irving, uh, Kevin Love. They were all there. Hell of a film. And, um, you know, it was a classic, instant classic. People still talk about it for years. It's um, a renowned movie. People love to go back and rewatch it. It, it. They play it a lot, you know, the Game 7 on the NBA Network. It's 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 a hell of a film. You should watch it if you haven't seen it. Right now, the Warriors are up 3-2. They had a 3-1 lead. Could we be watching the sequel? About the play out. Could we? I understand you don't close out a game five. Okay, I get it. Not closing out a game five is one thing. But being down at one point, 50 points in a closeout game? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Without the Grizzly star player? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. No. Last night, the Grizzlies did everything better. They shot better. Shot better threes. Shot better free throws. They did everything better. Out-rebounded them. More assists. 37 assisted points from the Grizzlies. The Warriors had 22 turnovers. The Grizzlies finally understood, hey, we can win this paint battle. They had 50 points in the paint. Fan. Fan. I'm not saying they're going to blow it. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is if the Grizzlies win game six, and they take, if they win tomorrow night, and they take it back to the crib, game seven on Monday, I just don't know. Even without Ja. And no, please, please don't say, oh, they played better without Ja. No, no, no. I just think that. They just find different ways to win. Different ways to get to their goal. Think about life back in the early, mid-2000s. Before Google Maps and, you know, all that stuff. We had MapQuest. We had to get to our destination using a printed-out map. A real map. From the internet. Printed out. That's how you got to destinations. Right now, the Warriors, I'm excuse me, the Grizzlies are using MapQuest to win these games. They don't have Google Maps. Jai's out, so they got to go back to the old way. They got to use MapQuest to route the Warriors. That's what they did last night. They won by 39. Or the Grizzlies about to MapQuest their way to the Western Conference Finals. After being down 3-1. You know what? I'll say it. I'll go on record and say it. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Tomorrow night, 
The Grizzlies are going to go to Golden State. They're going to force a game seven. They're going to come back home. Whoop that trick is going to be ringing from the arena. And they're going to win game seven. And the Warriors are going to blow another 3-1 lead six years later in the sequel. I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. I feel like that this Grizzlies team, I said this going into the playoffs, though. The inexperience was going to kill them. There were two games where they should not have lost. Game one, uh, what was the other game? Was it game five? That was game five, the first game when I was Yeah, game five. They should have won both of those. Honestly, you want to be real, the series should be over. The Warriors, I mean, the Grizzlies should have won this at six. Or five. This shit is going to bend over. But the, the inexperience, man. You you lead the entire game and you piss the game away with four minutes left. You, you Clay Thompson misses two shots at the line. I can't blame Ja for the shot he tried to take, you know, that layup. But I just thought he could have went a little harder. I didn't like that soft layup. I feel like they were going to give you that. They didn't want to foul you, but if you would have initiated a little more contact, you maybe you would have gotten fouled or maybe you would have gotten a better a better look. I just thought that the roll off the left trying to kiss it off the backboard that wasn't a good shot. But that was another game where the Warriors shouldn't have even been. I'm mean, excuse me. Damn. The Grizzlies should not even have been in that situation to begin with. I feel like they should have already sealed that game up. But we'll see. You know, I'm putting a lot of faith into these boys. I am. I know I am. I know I'm asking them. This is a tall task because the Warriors have been looking like the Warriors lately. But you never know, man. You never know. I mean, and then you, oh, Steve Kerr being out could just have... An effect on what's going on here. We don't know. But we shall see. Okay? We shall see. I'm just saying. It's a possibility. You cannot count the Grizzlies out. Can't count them out. Now. Next on the docket. Okay? We got some good boxing this weekend. No, I'm not talking about... Floyd Mayweather in an exhibition match against a Nigerian Uber driver. I am not talking about that. I am talking about the undisputed 154-pound titles being on the line for the second time for the second year in a row. The first time these two gentlemen got in the ring and ended in a draw. But now, for the second time, Jermel Charlo will be taking on Brian Castaño. For the 150, for all four pound, damn, <laughs> I'm so excited for all four belts in the super welterweight division. Uh, this is going to be a good fight. The first fight was good. I've rewatched it last night just to, you know, refresh my memory. And I actually went back to the episode. I talked about the fight and to, to you know, to rehear my thoughts and, you know, just because I, I really didn't remember if I watched the fight or not. But. I did, I did, and but I like I said I had to refresh my memory. I always want to do that. I always want to go back and watch tape before you talk about something because I always you always want to go into something uh with knowledge. You know I don't want to come in here and just spitball it, man. About the you know about stuff. Got to go back and 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 you know relearn what I already knew. 
So, before I talk about that, let's look at the tail of the tape. So, we got Jamel Charlo. He's coming in at 34-1-1, one and one, 18 knockouts. He's 31. Uh, he's orthodox. He stands at 6 feet even with a 73-inch reach. He is currently the WBA, WBO, and IBF Super Welterweight Champion. Then his opponent, Brian Carlos Castaño, he's 17-0-2 with 12 knockouts. He's 32. He's also orthodox. He stands at 5-7.5 with a 67-inch reach. Uh, he is the WBO Super Welterweight Champion. So, Jamal Charlo is the taller fighter with the longer reach. Uh, that was apparent in the first fight, but it did not have that much of an effect on Brian Castaño. Uh, in the early rounds, I would say in the very early rounds, uh, I could see that that wasn't going to be much of a problem for Castaño. Granted, it did take him. He took a little bit coming in, but he found his way inside of the guard and around the jab of Jamal Charlo. And Castaño was not scared. He wasn't. Now, they both hurt each other. Back-to-back rounds. Uh, Jamel hurt Castaño, backed him up, paused him against the ropes in the second round. And then in the closing moments of the third round, Brian Castaño clipped Charlo. I mean, really clipped him. And if there was a little more time left in that round, we could be having a different conversation right now. But the round ended. But after the round ended, Castaño would go on to outland Charlo for the rest of the fight. Totally outland. You go back and look at the uh, compu box numbers. Uh, let me pull those up real quick. Sorry about that. I should have had them up already. Compu box. Go look at the numbers. The punch stats. So total punches, you know, landed each round. Um, he was outlanding him every, almost every round, except the only rounds he didn't outland him in, which is probably why the fight would end up being draw, was uh the the championship rounds, uh, the ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. But from rounds, what's that? Uh, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight. It was all Castaño. I mean, I'm talking big. It was 20 to 8. 16, 12, 23 to 15. Uh, round 3, where you heard him, was 11 to 5. It was also 23 to 11. It was a 20 to 8 round. Um, it was just a back and forth. So I understand where the draw came from. If you're looking at the punch stats and, you know, but you watch the fight. I think Castaño controlled, he controlled the middle rounds. He did. He did lose his edge towards the end. I think he ran out of gas. Um, but the final punch stats, uh, Castaño landed, let's see, 173 total, 19 to the body, um, to uh, Charlo's 151. Now, Charlo did have the jab advantage with 53 to 9. But Castaño had the power punch advantage, which was 164 to 98. And it was a close fight. But I scored the fight in Castaño's favor. I thought he won the fight. I scored it 115 to 113. 
the judges saw it, saw it as a draw. But like I said on the show, that fight was in San Antonio. Jermel Charlo was from Houston. It was Texas. I, you guys know how I feel about the Texas judges. All I'm saying is this fight, this Saturday night, is not in Texas. But in all seriousness, this is good for the sport. This is this is what we need, man. This is what we need. This is what we need. The 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 champions are fighting the champions, and we're getting. Uh, hopefully, we get a winner. We'll have the first undisputed champion at one fifty four ever. Uh, this has been a division that has been basically guys have been playing hot potato with the belts. There hasn't been anybody to wrangle all four in. So for Charlo to get three, that's impressive. And now he just needs one more to become undisputed. And Castaño, all he has to do is win this fight and he'll have all four. So this is crazy. I'm excited for it. Um, I hope it's a good one. I really think it will be. But as far as these two go, imagine if Charlo loses. I'm sure he'll have a rematch clause. Or maybe there's already a third fight contract. Who knows? But I think depending on how the fight goes, I think each of these guys will have a right to say, hey, I want to do this again one more time. And this could set up a trilogy. We... We haven't gotten in recent years. I don't know. Outside of the many in the... Um, that wasn't a goddamn trilogy. They fought like 50 times. But in recent years, okay. We did get the Fairy Wilder trilogy. Okay. Yeah. But this would be another nice trilogy. And this would, you know, involve in belts. But we'll see. We'll see. But this could set up one more fight. But I think this is going to be a good fight, man. I, I just... Looking back at the first fight, I think that... Charlo is going to have to clean some things up, and I know adjustments will be made. This could look like a completely different fight. This could, could this could be a blowout for Charlo. Charlo could knock this man out. He could. If he goes in with a different mindset, um, I'm not saying he slept on Castanio in the first fight. I just think he looked very comfortable in there, and then he did. I think after that third round, he realized, okay, this guy has some pop in his punch. I should probably respect him a little more. I think that he'll go into this fight with a little more respect. But I think that he'll keep that jab. Got to keep the jab. You're the taller, longer opponent. You got to keep him at bay with that jab. And you don't want him walking you down. Castaño was very okay with walking Charlo down. I don't want to see that. Don't want to see that. Charlo, you got to know. You make him fight your fight. You make the fight come to you. You don't let him bring the fight to you. Absolutely not. You bring the fight to him. Especially as the bigger man. Okay? That's what you want to do. Um, I think I'm going to roll with Charlo in this one. I think Charlo wins this fight um, by knockout in the seventh round. I think he finds a way to put a, put a stop to Brian Castaño in the seventh round. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah, that's what I'm rolling with. Yeah, Charlo with in the seventh round with the KO. Uh, a couple hours ago, the pound for pound, the updated Ring Magazine pound for pound list just came, re re was re ranked re ranked after the uh, Dimitri Bivol fight. 
Okay, it's Canelo Alvarez, and here are the new rankings. We have Alexander Yusick at number one, Terrence Crawford at number two, uh, Nalia Inouye at number three, Errol Spencer at number four, Juan Estrada at number five, Canelo Alvarez at number six, Vasily, Vasily Lomachenko at number seven, Dmitry Bivol at number eight, Josh Taylor at number eight, I mean, excuse me, at number nine, and Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez at number ten. Don't agree with this at all. Don't agree. For Canelo to drop so far is crazy. And then to have Errol Spence underneath Terrence Crawford is either even crazier. Bro, who has the who has more belts? If I'm not mistaken, Errol Spence has three championships. Unified welterweight champion. If I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. But I know I'm not. So how, how is he underneath Terrence Crawford? Somebody, somebody help me out. Help me understand that. How does that make sense? How does that make sense? This man is a WBA, W, uh, WBO, and WBC. Walked away, chant, wait, wait. Yeah. Come on, man. What are we doing? What are we doing here, man? What are you, What are we doing here? What exactly are we doing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't think Canelo should be that low. I don't think, like I said, Monday, I don't think that loss should have sent him down that far. It's not like he lost all his belts at 168. He just... Swung and missed at 177, I mean, 175. So how could you push him down that low? Yeah, that makes no sense to me. Congratulations to Dimitri Bivol making the list, though, at number eight. Told you, man. People going to know his name now. But, yeah, that's, that's an interesting list, though. Definitely an interesting list. But, yeah, boxing is alive and well. We got um, We got some good boxing this weekend, man. Got some good boxing this weekend. I think Jerron Ennis is on that card as well for the Charlo fight. So that should be a good one, too. Uh, boxing is alive and well. Okay. But baseball? Baseball might be dead, man. Baseball might be dead. I'm sorry. I hate to do this. But baseball might be dead. I want you to sit here and, and think about this. Outside of September, October... When do you really genuinely care about baseball? Seriously. When? I'm not saying that the sport of baseball is dead. I, I, I'm more so talking about the MLB's handling of what they have and in terms of comparing it to the other major sports in the country. There are too many games in the regular season. Whenever you talk to somebody about baseball, casual fan, maybe, you you can ask them, you know, if you ask somebody if they watch baseball, the number two reasons you'll get of why they don't is, one, it's boring on TV, but they like going. Uh, people say, I love, and I can agree with that. I can. I live a couple, like I said, I live a couple blocks away from Camden Yards. I was just there uh, last week. Had a great time at the O's game. I'm not even an O's fan, but I had a great time. 
much better experience than watching it on Madison in the crib, right? Other reason they'll say, no, the season is too long. 162 games is a bit egregious. That's a, that's a bit aggressive. That's a bit aggressive. It is. 162 games is crazy. You guys already know how I feel about the NBA with 82 games. You guys know I don't even like that. I don't start watching base basketball until February. After the Super Bowl, all-star break, that's when the NBA starts for me. But sub- September to uh, February, it's football season. Can't, 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 can't be a part of it. So when you look at baseball, it's 162 games. When the season starts in April, you've got the conclusion of the NBA regular season and the conclusion of the NHL regular season. When baseball starts to hit its early season stride, you've got the beginning of the NBA playoffs and the beginning of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Today, there is one, only one, nationally televised baseball game. That's the Cincinnati Reds, who have, I think, have only won three games going against the Pittsburgh Pirates on ESPN Plus at 6.35 p.m. The Miami Heat and the 76ers play tonight. The Dallas Mavericks and the uh, Phoenix Suns play tonight. Two game sixes, two elimination games. There's also hockey going on. Playoff hockey. Lots of tied series. Uh, the, the NHL playoffs have been great from what I've seen. Haven't gotten a chance to sit down and watch any of it. But from what I see on my phone, highlights and everything, those guys are having a blast. Do you think anybody is going to tune in to the sorry-ass Cincinnati Reds and the Pittsburgh Pirates tonight? Absolutely not. Nobody's watching that. Nobody's watching that. We're not. We're good. We are good. We are good. It's just too many games, man. Like, look at this. It's 11.45 right now. But there are. You got the, the Mets. Playing the uh, the Nationals. You got the A's and the Tigers. The O's and uh, the Cardinals. You got Houston, Minnesota, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, the Royals, the Rangers, the Yankees, the White Sox, Philly, and the Dodgers. All playing today. There are games from 105 to 10-10. Tomorrow, Friday, the Reds and the Pirates. The Brewers and the uh, the Marlins. The Astros and the Nationals, the O's and the Tigers, the Mariners and the Mets, the Jays, go Jays, and the Rays. You got the Padres and the Braves. You got the Red Sox and the Rangers. You got the Guardians and the Twins. You got the Yankees and the White Sox. You got the Giants and the Cardinals. You got the Royals and the Rockies. You got the Angels and the A's. You got the Cubbies. And the Diamondbacks. You got the Phillies and the Dodgers. There are games from 635 to 10-10. And only three of them, only three, can be seen countrywide, nationwide. And where are they? On subscription services. That's a problem. That's a problem. So you're telling me if I have cable, 
I have YouTube TV. I can't turn on ESPN, FS1, Fox Sports, ESPN2, ESPN3, the Ocho. I can't turn on any of that and see any baseball. No, why? What's on Fox Sports tonight? SmackDown. What's on ESPN tonight? NBA basketball. I can't do it. What I got to watch baseball on? Apple TV Plus? I have Apple TV Plus. ESPN Plus? I have ESPN Plus. But am I going to watch baseball? Probably not. The point I'm trying to make here is, people, the national televised games that come on ESPN, you know, the Sunday night baseballs, whenever the hell they do it, it always feels like it's the same two or four teams. I feel like it's always the Red Sox and the Yankees, and it's always the Padres and Dodgers. That's what it feels like to me. I could be wrong, but that's what it feels like to me. I feel like baseball is dying. I know they are diehard baseball fans. Hey, I'm not one of them. I think baseball is dead, man. It's just not watchable. It's just too much to consume. It's too many games going on at the same time. And even if you have, what, the MLB TV, it's not like having an NFL Sunday ticket because if you tune out of one game, I don't know, man. I just don't know, bro. It's just too many games. And you wonder why guys... And look, if Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, Aaron, Gu- Aaron uh, Judge, if, you know, the heavy hitters, the dinger hitters in the sport, Shohei Atane, if they could hit three to four dingers a night, I'm sure they would. But in 162 nights, that's not happening. And you wonder why these guys go into slumps. If you shorten the season, the game will probably be more watchable. I'm just saying. And then, if you really want more proof on why I'm saying baseball is dead, look at the social media presence. You know, in today's day and age, you know, we see a lot. We consume a lot on social media. I wake up, you know, brush my teeth, but I'm consuming news on social media. Unless I turn on the news. And the only news I watch is the local news. It's WJZ13. Shout out to Rick Ritter, Vic Carter, Denise Coke, Meg McNamara, the whole gang over there. Bob Turk, Marty Bass. Thank you, Nicole. She's gone. She's in Dallas now. On to bigger, bigger things. Love her, though. But, hey, we consume our sports media as well through social media. Right? So, you look at the MLB's following compared to the NBA and NFL. I didn't even add the uh, NHL in there. But I did this. And this is the same thing on Twitter, too. But I took my sample sizes from uh, my my stuff from uh, Instagram. The MLB has 8.5 million followers on Instagram. The NFL has 24.4 million followers on Instagram. And the NBA has 66.8 million followers on Instagram. BR Gridiron, BR Gridiron, that's Bleacher Report's um, strictly football wing, right? 1.4 million followers. BR Walkoff, that's the MLB's uh, Bleacher Report uh, wing, 153,000 followers. They don't even have 500K. They don't even have 200K. And you're trying to tell me, Baseball is alive and well. The MLB Network also. The MLB Network is one of the most boring TV stations. 
I'm going to try to give it a chance today to see what else may be on there. But I know, especially in off-season, when there's nothing to talk about. When I was working at Raw Sushi, a restaurant, uh, we had two TVs in there. Three. And I would control the TVs for the most part. When I'm there, I'm turning on the games, um, the basketball games, whatever, hockey, whatever's on TV, college football on Saturdays, whatever's on, I'm making sure the, te- the television is on correctly. That was one of the unassigned but assigned jobs that was given to me when I got there. I was the sports guy. Nobody there really knew about sports. So they'd be like, Eric, thank you. I made a list of TV channels, put it right on the wall, bop. Boom, I did that. One day I came in. And the NFL network, the NB, um, excuse me, the MLB network was on. I can say this too. Same thing uh, when I was working at GB a couple years back. MLB network will be on. Why the hell is the Sandlot on? Love the Sandlot, but do you guys not have enough original content to spread around to where you got to play movies? And why y'all don't play hardball? Why y'all can't play hardball? Strike one. Ooh, I got you. I'm trying to. Uh, uh, uh. Y'all, was, y'all wasn't outside. But why y'all got to play Field of Dreams, Sandlot? Why, why can't y'all play Hardball? Hardball's a baseball movie. It's a great movie. I'm just saying. But they're even losing in the social media battle. So when you're losing in the social media battle, I mean, you don't have the kids. You don't have the youngins. The youngins are not that involved in the MLB. And that's where I see most of my baseball clips at. You know, I mean, I have the MLB app to keep me updated with the Blue Jays. But outside of that, man, anybody watching damn baseball? We're not. We're not. I'm sorry, but baseball, rest in peace. It's dead. Baseball is dead, man. Baseball is. I had to do it. I hate, I had, I'm sorry I had to eulogize baseball, but it had to be done. Okay? It had to be done. Now we're going to finish the show with, you know, I want to talk about. Fan behavior. I feel like we talk. We've been talking about this a lot since the pandemic. Well, the pandemic. Uh, yeah. Since fans have been allowed back at stadiums, I don't know what's been going on with fans, but they've been acting wild, right? Last weekend at the UFC, somebody tried to run up on the octagon. My thing is, not only are there security guards surrounding the octagon. But inside of said octagon, there are people in there who are trained to kill. They will kick your face off. This isn't, you know, running onto the basketball court. Hell, this isn't even running onto a football field. You try to run into the octagon. They will kick your face off. Bro, that security guard flicked that woman. Off the off the uh the apron like a, a bug, bro. I mean just flicked her. Get the hell out of here, woman. What are you doing? I mean, we already we, we saw what was going on in the Timberwolves in Minnesota with the people trying to get on the court and the one the last person to try to do it she got tackled. I mean the security guard felt it. He said, Oh, we got one. Boom, on it. Looked like Ray Lewis in 05. I mean, come on. Then not even just fans trying to run on the court or into the octagon. Remember, uh, it was a couple weeks ago, the Yankees uh, were throwing trash at the players and the guys were going up, and, like about to go up into the stands. Like, bro, why can't fans just behave, bro? Just behave. Behave. Be a fan. You paid to see these athletes 
play their games. You don't pay to go there and 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 assault them. Okay. Then this past Sunday, somebody tried to give Chris Paul's mom a hug. I don't know what the real story here is, but initially, you know, somebody tried to put hands on his mom. I I don't know what the hell is going on. Even after the Shakur Stevenson fight, he had to run off the podium because somebody was uh, uh, attacking his mom. I don't know. I don't I just think that as a fan, if you are a fan and not a psycho, you're paying to go watch these athletes perform. You're paying to go be entertained by them. You don't have to be the entertainment. You don't have to be the spectacle. You're paying to see the spectacle. Even in WWE, remember when the guy ran and tried to attack Seth Rollins? Remember Bret Hart got attacked at the Hall of Fame ceremony? Granted, I I I don't mind. I don't like Bret Hart, so I mean, I get a, I I turned the other other cheek to that one. But what is wrong with you guys, bro? What is wrong with you? All right, maybe some of you aren't physically. Attacking anybody But the verbal assault You can call me soft Booing and You know playful jabs At players okay but to sit there And heckle somebody Like when the guy was right there by Kyrie And he was just like kept talking and talking Like bro be quiet Or when they called the guy called Westbrook Westbrook I mean Westbrook Westbrook Outside the arena, and then one inside, like but when Westbrook walked over to him, it wasn't nothing. Or like when when um when LeBron got the fans removed, I, th- I forgot what city they were in. But fam, what are, what is wrong with you people, bro? I I spend a lot of I spend money on tickets. I spend good money on tickets. Do you think I want to be thrown out of an arena or a stadium? Because I decided to throw something at somebody, or because I decided to try to run on the court or the field, hell no. One, I don't want to look like a damn fool. I mean, I am a fool, but I don't want to look like one in that sense. But come on, fam. Everybody has to get themselves together. Please. I don't know if this is the post pandemic activity like people were inside so long or secluded for so long and haven't gotten used to seeing other people in person again i don't know what the problem is but fix it fix it because you guys cried and cried about oh no fans aren't in there we can't go through the games it's not the same i just i just really want to be there and see what i <laughs> And then you finally get there. And this is how you act? No. Nope. Unacceptable, man. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Um, That's all I got for you guys this week, man. There's two episodes this week. It's pretty good. Oh! That's all I got for the pod. But tomorrow, Friday, Electrified Vision. I will be breaking down... The NFL schedule. So as soon as I get out of out here, as soon as I'm done with this, set the studio up for that. Okay, I'm figure out what jersey I'm wearing. All right, it's gonna be a good time tomorrow. Um, get ready for that. Uh, make sure you go listen to episode 180 
Um, retweet, subscribe, all that good stuff, man. Shout out to Stadium Scene TV. Thank you guys for listening, and I hope you guys watch tomorrow. It's going to be a good show. Um, yeah, man. Shout out to everybody who continues to support the boy. I appreciate it. I really do. 181 episodes of one, and we are now on the road to 200. So, for the 181st time, I'm Eric Lyons, and you have just been electrified. <laughs>